Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest Welcome back, boils and ghouls, ladies and germs, to that podcast your mommies and daddies warned you about. It's Wednesday night, it's the midweek point, and it's Talking Terror. That's right, we're back with an all-new episode. It's the Mad Monkey's pick tonight, 1996, Thinner, directed by Tom Holland of Child's Play and uh, Fright Night fame. Um, don't know how well this movie's going to hold up against those others, but uh, we're going to try to get through it. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back. And I'm joined by the bold and the beautiful, the bold geek Keith. Wait, you mean this isn't the same Tom Holland as in Spider-Man? I thought it was. No, it's not. He wasn't. I don't even think he was born yet. Ninety-six. Damn it, man! And here the whole time I had a totally different expectations now while watching this movie. Right. I was expecting to what? Thinner. Because thinner, Damn. thinner, chicken dinner. Yeah. It did. Well, Ghoul, was this just the uh, thing you had t- mentioned? Was that what you just talked about, what you mentioned to me earlier but didn't tell me? No, no, not in the least. Oh, okay. I was just checking because I didn't hear anything yet. Well, you're hearing hey, it now. Hey, man. You're going to hear it now, okay? And then you're going to hear it later. And you might hear you it hear me again, now? but you might not. This is true. This is very, very true. Okay, now? so welcome, Ghoul. Welcome, Demonic Dr. Dave. Glad to have you back. Oh, the, the, the pleasure is all mine. Oh, I know it, it is. is. And it's, the pleasure is all ours. It's always this is. This is going to be an interesting one because I know that the monkey is in the studio, but he's not talking. So it makes me think that his Google voice is not working. Well, the, how is that different than any other episode? I know, I know. He's here, he's just not talking, which is fine. So we will worry about him a little later. I'm not letting uh, him get away with this. If Monkey, uh, being this is the first time that you're using Google Voice, if you can hear me, uh, I don't know what kind of computer you have, but you should go into your settings, into your sound settings, and uh, you should look at the inputs and outputs, and you might need to change over the output uh, with your microphone if that's the issue. So if you can hear me, uh, that's that. I'm going to send this to you in a message as well. Uh, <laughs> Monkey, can you hear me? Can you see me? <laughs> me? I, was just, I was just listening to that yesterday. <laughs> oh, poor Monkey. He's just probably banging his head against his keyboard right now, not knowing how to figure out Google Voice. That's okay. We're going to sally forth with Adam. So, Google, how have you been since your last spoke? Oh, ever so wonderful, man. Ever so wonderful. Uh, thankfully, my leg is getting better, so that's a good thing. We've got new additions to the to – the, uh, it could be the steroids. It could just be stretching. It could be, could be the, the, any number of things. Any number of things, man. I don't know. Hello? But, yes. Oh, I hear Monkey. 
All right. Okay. The mo- I, okay. I'll figure stuff out. Yay. Okay. Yay. For I'm, hey, I'm your uh, man, Monkey. Monkey can, you, can, Monkey, can you please calm down? The ghoul is in the middle of an anecdote. I know. Sorry. I'll say that wisdom. As you were saying. Hi, Monkey. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Monkey. You know what, man? You might be a mook, but you're our mook. <laughs> So, how are you doing, Glue? <laughs> Again, you know, like I was saying, my, my legs feeling better. It could be the roids. It could be any number of things. We've got new additions to the household here, in the in the the form of four fucking chickens that are currently pecking around inside of a a tank. Um, Why did they, you get they grow bigger? They grow bigger. Why did you get You know what? Because they're still they're still little and they need protection. Um, and uh, swimming chicken? we just did, we didn't have condoms big enough for them, so <laughs> we we put them in a tank instead. But you know, listen, that's that's where they are right now. They're they're pecking around. But why do you eventually? Why do you have them? Okay, you, you remember that 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 lovely woman that I call my mother? Yeah, she yeah. used to like okay. buy the kids chickens on Easter and shit like a fool. So what happened now? The same kind of situation. Well, of course, she got them for the grandkids because, you know, the grandkids would all like to see these kind of things and interact with these kind of animals, except the problem is the animals do have to go somewhere um, at the end of the day. And unfortunately, you know, everybody under the sun seems to do this all at the same time. So you can't just bring it back to where you got them from. And uh, so I did not want these chickens to suffer the fate that I feel like might have befallen other animals in the past, Um, whether that be they are left on the side of the road somewhere or I I don't know. That's all just just conjecture. That's my mother hears that she's going to kill me. Okay. All I'm saying is I rescued the fucking chickens, okay? We rescued the chickens. We're going to let them pluck around and fuck around here on the property, and they're going to chill, and they're going to do chickeny things, okay? Because that's what chickens do. They do chickeny things. And then they're going to eat them, and it's going to be good eating. Take them and just put them in neighbor's yard. Listen, man, the chickens got names, you got to dump Rob. them in scalding water before you yank the feathers off. Don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> Rob. Rob for Rob Zombie. You know, he's the brown chicken that looks completely different than the other chickens. He's um, the white trash chicken. I could have went, went real real racist with that one, but I didn't. And then, you know, in no particular Miracle. order, we have we have Floyd. We have, uh, we have Greta. And we have Jerry. You know, so th- those are our chickens, man. The four chickens. Jerry loves to be a pie. Yeah, no, he's going to be a pie too. So <laughs> he wants to be a pie. Yeah, he's going to be made into a pie. My chickens are not going to be made into pies, man. Is he on hold? Right over. <laughs> I'll solve that problem once it gets old of them. Hey, Jerry's going to make a nice pie. Man, you know what? Wasn't today like sibling day or something, man? Yes, it is. <laughs> Don't make me on crazy family day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That would be fun. I'll just go lock up in Facebook jail again. That way you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> well, we, we already spent so much money bailing you out. <laughs> you just can't yeah, go back. Yeah, you guys did so I much. I didn't spend a dime. 
No, there was a free Andy G campaign that was going on for a couple of days. I know. Raised a couple dollars. I didn't see anything I, about yeah. that. I, I spray painted Save Andy on the water tower. Um. <laughs> and appreciated. It was appreciated. Yeah, I know he didn't actually do that. But hey, listen, we have fun. <laughs> Spending $5 getting me out. Thanks for clearing that up, Doc. That that he didn't do it. Yeah, that's ruining the illusion that is our show. Because you're not actually a doctor either. (laughs) Oh, lies, lies, oh lies! (laughs) I'm not a king. (laughs) Keith isn't a ghoul, and. He is definitely not a monkey. You shut your mouth. You shut that's, your that's mouth. That's not entirely true right there. He is definitely, <laughs> definitely a ghoul for certain. He's ghoulish, but he's not a ghoul. <laughs> well, real, well, well, real quick, before we get into the rest of the show, I just wanted to jump in real quick. And since you at home are listening to our awesome broadcast of what we do here, then why don't you go to the Rondo Hatton Classic Horror Awards and vote for us for best podcast. You can vote for us by writing in Talking Terror and link under the multimedia section of the ballot. So yeah, go there. You. Go now. Go now. <laughs> I won't lie, people. I went on there and voted for somebody else. You know, I didn't even vote for us. I didn't even bother writing us in. It was too I much didn't work. Even go on there. It's a lot. See, the doc so. didn't even go on. <laughs> so that is something. So if you want to do that, folks, all two of you that listen. Uh, go ahead and do that for us. We'd appreciate it. Thank you, Every Mom. vote counts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not even my mom will vote for the other well, podcast. Well, listen, we know that my mom ain't listening, considering what I just revealed about the chickens and everything. So, what what is the name of this contest that you're talking about? It is the Rondo Hatton Classic Horror Awards. You can look it up on Google. There's a thing right, a link right to it. You just pull up the ballot. You you copy and paste it into an email. Attach your name so they know they're not a robot. Yeah, and you just copy and paste. Mark your selections for who you want to win for this year. Robot. And send it off. <laughs> Rondo Hatton is alive. Domo arigato. Can we just win for the like, worst podcast? <laughs> we're we're working on it. Okay, sure, good. <laughs> so that is awesome. Glad to know that the Rod, uh, Rondo Hatton Awards are still going on. Uh, we're not going to win, but hey, listen, <laughs> it's out there. If you feel like writing us in, why do you have to be so negative? What do you mean we're not going to win? Oh, because we're not even going to win the worst podcast. Which is my fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I don't even I'm see sorry. anything that says podcast. <laughs> That's where you vote the, yeah, multimedia section, and that's where you vote for podcasts. All right, I'm looking right now. It, you got to go way down the list. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> you do. The absolute bottom. And Somewhere between bottom. like 18 and 25. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, it was too much work to write us in, so I just voted for somebody else. No, why not? <laughs> At least you know you made your voice heard. Cool. That's the most important. Yes. I, I did more this vote. time than I I did more this time than I did in the 2016 election. Okay. I know. I'm impressed. You deserve that pin. I voted. Did more than enough. <laughs> so it's the 
best multimedia site? Yep. That would be it. And that's when you can sit there and go down to the bottom of that list, uh, choose the section where it's, you know, writing your own, and then you put in your humble over there. Oh, you have to write in your own. You couldn't even get We're running on the, on the list, platform of, of Make America Straight Again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bitch, like, I would sit there and do that kind of shit. We ain't going to sit there and make America straight again. Mm-mm, no, we're going to sit there and have this show. Why can't you make America put us on the list of choices? Why do we have to write on our own? How come you couldn't get our name in there, huh? Yeah, couldn't even get our name in there. I don't know. I guess, our, I guess our Instagram wasn't blowing up enough for people to notice us. Up to like fourteen hundred dollars, honey. <laughs> Whoa! Instagram is popping. <laughs> Love and you, Doc. Facebook page is doing well too. I'll be perfectly honest, man. With my, with my situation, you would think I'd have more time than anything else to do this kind of shit. But you know what? I've done nothing. I haven't looked at the fucking Instagram in weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still keeping the Facebook page alive. <laughs> we got somebody. And doing so it. not and socially media savvy. Of it. <laughs> I'm trying. No, I'm not I socially really anything. No, King, I think you are often doing a great job. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. I do my best. Do my best mm. for the show. Um, so with that being said, uh, before we get into the hard I can't even be cool stuff, as a fake person on the internet, man. How about that? No. <laughs> oh, yes, you can. Believe in yourself. Lovely. We believe in you, cool. <laughs> Have faith. But uh, mm-hmm. so, as we kick it off tonight, uh, Pet Cemetery was released last weekend, and I did get a chance to go see it. Uh, I wanted to give uh, a very spoiler-free review of it. I didn't want to go too... All right, monkey, turn down your radio. I don't yeah, have God, anything on. I feel on. like I'm on like a fucking a show where you know somebody yells at somebody for keeping the radio on while they're listening. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. No, seriously, I have nothing going on in the background of my house. The that's diva isn't even home, dude. Whatever you just <laughs> did stopped it from echoing. Yeah, that's okay. It's not me, though. It's totally not me. Let me turn this down real quick. <laughs> But anyway, so yeah, I got to see Pet Cemetery last weekend. I called the ghoul about it on Saturday night to tell him, you know, my thoughts were, um, without going into too many spoilers, I think it's worth checking out because it is a much different film than the original, but I felt like the pacing was just a little bit too quick for my taste. I felt like it just tried to do too much too fast within the first half hour. Um, and I, I, as much as I want to say that I wanted to see Judd Lipgow as Judd, He's not used as much as you would think that he would be in the film. Um, but other than that, it's a decent film. It's just it, it's, it's, not, it's just not the original. Not the original. I'll still say mm-hmm. that's it. You're not going to go into anything more. <laughs> no, we can't I don't want to detail. We don't want to spoil it. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I could, but I don't want to. Like you know, I want people to go see it. And have their own opinions and own thoughts about that, that cemetery. I can only give you so much, and I think you should check it out. It's you know it's different. It stands alone. He's only going to spray it around the mouth a little bit, monkey. He's not going to actually drop it in. Yeah. Oh not, no, not no, no, no! I'm not falling for that again. No, not the world. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, because I, I didn't know. The pullout game is strong. It is. <laughs> I stand by that. 
What does that take place? Yeah, <laughs> in my apartment. Got to take off. <laughs> but I didn't know if the doc had a chance to go see Pet Cemetery, so that's why I wanted to give very, very brief uh, opinions about it because I don't want to ruin anything for anybody. Um, but, but yeah, that's basically it. And, and uh, Pet Cemetery does have a cover by the Ramones uh, by Starcrawler. Uh, Star 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 pretty cool. The fact that they brought that little taste back from the original. Sweet. <laughs> All right. With that said, Doc, you have the floor for Horror Shop. What do we got this week? Uh, there are so many items of, of note to talk about. I don't even know where to begin. Um, well, first, I guess because I've been talking the last couple of weeks about how I have slowly, over the course of season nine, uh, been pulled back into my higher interest level of the Walking of the Walking Dead. Uh, AMC has confirmed that they have yet another Walking Dead spinoff series uh, that what? is going to be coming in 2020. Uh, this is going to star two young female protagonists, uh, part of the first generation that has come of age inside the apocalypse. And uh, there's going to be 10 episodes, and that's going into production this summer. So... Uh, I'm really not all that interested in this. I am one who I watched the first season of Fear the Walking Dead and then never went back to it. Uh, I know that that show is still going strong. I have no idea what's going on in that universe other than uh, both the characters of Morgan and Dwight are over there now. Um, But I don't know uh, what's going on in that part of the Walking Dead universe. But, uh, you know, Scott Gimple, who is now the president of the Walking Dead universe has said that this is part of them, you know, continuing to take steps into the larger uh, universe that's going on. That's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I think it could be fun, but we already have a spinoff and they're doing a third one. The ratings have been declining for the Walking Dead. I know that. So I think it's kind of a brave choice to have another spinoff of the Walking Dead and see how that does. Um, but yeah, I don't know what uh, you were saying, Google and Monkey, but uh, I don't know. Let's see how it goes. Now, is this one also going to be on AMC, or is, they, is this going to be on a yes. different channel? Yes. Nope, AMC. Oh, okay. Man, can't believe they're going for a third spinoff, though. It's just, or a third show in general. It's just, at, at the same time, do you guys think like this is just too little, too late, and they definitely missed the moment, like maybe? you know, four seasons ago when maybe they should have tried this? Uh, Maybe. I mean, they've gone from, like, 16 million viewers a week down to, I think I read the ratings for the last episode of Season 9 were, like, 5 million. That's a huge Mm -hmm. drop-off. And, you know, while I can understand some of the the drop-off from previous seasons... Uh, people, you know, as the word has been, and I've been reading, you know, the reviews for season nine were strong, uh, and my enjoyment of season nine was strong. Uh, people haven't come back to it if they fell off from watching it. So uh, I think at five million viewers, yeah, another another series is, um, or another, you know, spinoff it might be a risky gamble, especially with talks of three feature length movies. Uh, you know, it might there might be a case of uh, you know, like the Walking Dead fatigue in, in a way. 
I don't think it's just walking dead fatigue, man. I think it's zombie fatigue. We were hit with so many fucking zombie things over the last couple of years, you know, not just the walking dead, but theatrically, you know, television series, I zombie, this zombie, you zombie, me zombie, fucking even look Santa Clarita diet. There's a fucking zombie rom-com on cable right now or Netflix, wherever the fuck that is, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Netflix is on your internet. Is. So it's it's not just a matter of it being The Walking Dead. I mean, yeah, obviously, look, it's in season it's season nine, man. Okay, fatigue sets in because storylines get weak, characters have to go, things like that. But at the same time, too, when you're inundated with so much shit, you know what? It's got to go somewhere. It's got to give. And you know what? This is where it's given. I mean, to go from sixteen fucking million people to five—that's huge. That's a big, big drop off. It is. Two thirds of your audience. Yeah. yeah. Two thirds of your audience gone. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of aside with the goal where I think it is more uh, zombie fatigue than anything else. Where you've had so much. So much. Where you're kind of waiting for the second one to break. It really is. Yeah, what's going on with the Echo? Whose fault is this shit? I'm not doing anything. Seriously, dudes, it's not me. Because <laughs> I hear it on my end, and it's. Yeah, to me, to me, it sounds like someone's like dropping a jug or something like that. <laughs> you know, when the monkey's talking, I'm not hearing it. Yeah, for some reason. Yeah. Try muting the monkey. Let's see what happens. <laughs> okay. Which one is his? All right. Yeah, I got it. All right. The one that says "fucking monkey." All right, so... All right, are we trying to echo No. It's no a echo. fucking monkey, man. It's that monkey is monkey. gone. I mean, the, the echo is gone, and so is the monkey. Monkey, you're out. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's on um, mute for a second, but... Uh, let's we'll try let's to bring, bring him, him back and, and see what happens. So I'm going to hit him back, and let's see. Uh, monkey, are you there? Yep, I'm still here. Uh, is anyone else hearing an echo right now? Not at the moment, but we're going to find out. No, but well, but while you were muted, I kept hearing that sound like a jug, that someone was, like, dropping a plastic jug or something like that. It was still going on. All right, well, I'm not hearing an echo right now, so uh, let's just go with it and hope for the best. All right, yes, yeah, so let's continue with uh, what we have. So, yeah, like we had talked about, the, the zombie uh, kind of fatigue. Uh, we had the vampire fatigue before that, so it's kind of wondering when the next shoe is going to drop on the next big fat as far as monsters, slashers, whatever you have of the next generation, I guess, revolution of what's the next big thing in horror. Mm-hmm. And I feel like zombies are kind of on their way out, and they should be. So mm-hmm. if this uh, third uh, spin-off does well, great. But I, I can't see it doing very well, especially with the numbers like we had talked about. Right. Yeah, if anything, maybe we'll just get, like, slashers all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of slashers, it's funny that you say that because, as we all should know by now, American Horror Story announced today that their upcoming uh, season nine is going to be called 1984 and is going to be some type of tribute to the slashers of the 1980s. Oh, okay. Uh, so... Um, there's the echo again, uh, but 
of the eight previous seasons of American Horror Story, I have only watched two of those seasons. I watched the Asylum season, and I watched the Hotel season. Uh, this one I will probably check out. Um, this one sounds more interesting to me. Uh, as of right now, uh, there's only two confirmed cast members, uh, and that's Emma Roberts and an Olympic skier named Gus Kenworthy. Uh, and also of note is that for the first time, uh, the only actor who has been in all seasons of American Horror Story, Evan Peters, who played uh, Kit Walker in the Asylum season and James March in the Hotel season, uh, will not be participating. He will be sitting this one out. That just didn't bother me too much when I heard that news. He never was a distraction when I watched American Horror Story. Um, but I think it's interesting they're going in the 80s slasher direction. Um, I'm just hoping to do it right. Because I know a lot of people online were saying, you know, nostalgia overload again. Hopefully they handle it right and not make it so 80s. Uh, go the way of Stranger Things, where it's kind of a nice homage. But not do overload. Yeah, I, I can see that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, uh, you know, they held back uh, in the first season where they were trying to go with the, you know, Hollywood noir stuff. And if you just pepper it in throughout the entire thing, then it, it works. But, yeah, I can see what you're saying. You don't want to turn it into an episode of Goldbergs. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. Um, Gu, what do you think about American Horror Story 1984? I mean, I think it sounds like a good idea. You know? mm-hmm. It could be fun. Um, you know, because, I mean, but it's not like slasher TV shows don't exist. I mean, you have Slasher that was on Netflix, Scream, the TV show. Um, they've had slasher TV shows before, um, but not centric to a specific time period like 1984. Uh, so I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing Plus, Slasher stuff. that was on Netflix was actually a Canadian TV series that just came to Netflix. So, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't like that was – it wasn't a Netflix exclusive or, or had any kind of fanfare behind it. Um, I know I, I watched the first season of that series. I really enjoyed it. And then I, I don't even remember if I made it all the way through the second season. It just felt so different and just not enjoy- – I just wasn't enjoying it the same way. Hmm. So we'll see what comes up. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Screen Queens that Ryan Murphy had produced for Fox. Uh, that had Jimmy Lee Curtis and Emma Roberts in both seasons. Um, so I'm kind of hesitant to see what he does with uh, this new season because I know he has his own distinct flavor uh, with direction and what he does, wants to do with atmosphere. So I'm kind of hoping he taps into that specific year and that specific era of slashers and kind of delivers a good product. It'll be fun. No, I, I hope it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, I just I, mean, I know what Emma Roberts can do, and I'm not you know excited about that. You know, I'm, I'm not a fan of Emma Roberts. Never have been. Why not? I just don't appreciate her acting skills. I don't understand why everybody likes to put her in stuff, in movies and TV shows. I just I don't get what's so great about her. You know, she seems to play the same character in movie and TV show she does. Just the quintessential bitch character. I like it. Gives me what are some of the things that you've seen that you didn't like her in? Uh, American Horror Story, uh, specifically Coven, uh, Screen Queens, hated her in it, and Meet the Millers, the movie that she was in with Jason Sudeikis. Didn't like that either. I felt like she was just playing the same character. Meet the Millers with uh, Jason Sudeikis, Jennifer Aniston. Um, came out a couple of years ago. 
It was a comedy, but, uh, you know, just playing the exact same type of character. Like, there's not a lot of range with what you can have. You know, it's, I have to play the bitch character. I have to play the moody girl. Uh, I haven't seen her do anything else other than that specific type of character. Kind of like we talked about Adam Scott, where Adam Scott's kind of known for that one-dimensional type of character. And that's what we get. Okay, so what else you got, Doc? <laughs> Uh, hey, look, Emma Roberts was good in Blow, okay? She's like four. She was good in it. <laughs> yeah, Aquamarine. Where's, where's my daddy? Um, so, uh, while we're talking about the 80s, uh, you know, the the Beetlejuice sequel that everyone's clamoring for uh, oh, is officially dead. Pounds. It's officually dead. Yay! Uh, Tim Burton has announced that it's a dead project. Uh, apparently, both he, Michael Keaton, and Winona Ryder were all on board. Uh, Warner Brothers has killed it. It is officially not in development. So the Beetlejuice sequel that, you know, everyone, you know, is just jumping up and down for, for joy uh, is, now, is now over. <laughs> he knows he's the best. <laughs> Man, I I don't know. I I it was such a strange thing because for a long time people were clamoring for a Beetlejuice part two. I just never thought it was a they a were movie worth a I was being totally sarcastic about that. Is anybody? Is there anyone out no. there that really fucking cares? There were people that me? wanted Absolutely, Beetlejuice part man. two. Dude, they just literally released on. They just opened on Broadway. Beetlejuice the musical. Like it's actually mm-hmm. yeah, it's really a thing. People really enjoy yeah. it and really. Uh, Yep. Yeah, it's it's it just I'm open shocked. to its. Uh, I'm, I'm, I guess it's previews. I'm really <laughs> surprised to hear that. Look, I have to say, like when Beetlejuice came out, like I liked it. I was a big fan of it. Uh, yeah. But it was like this weird, unique, like Tim Burton like, thing that done did not need any kind of further story. And I know that the rage right now is to find anything you possibly can, especially from the '80s, and bring it back. But I, I, I haven't heard any chatter about people uh. wanting a Beetlejuice. Well, plus we already had the extended universe when we they also had the comic books. I mean, the cartoon series and the cartoon. So, so, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Is the cartoon series? Um, but yeah, but when so was we that? already got was the. That? that was that 90s. was early nineties. <clears throat> that was that was nineties. <clears throat> and you know, so we got to see what they wanted to show in the other world. And you know, yeah, I don't think we really, really need a, another Beetlejuice movie. I think we're fine. <laughs> with just this. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> you know, appreciate it. It was a good movie for what it was, was in its time, but yeah, we don't need a Beetlejuice part two. You know, I mean, at least I never thought we needed another one. Maybe, you know, uh, uh, the... like at some point was, but no. <laughs> the Beetlejuice cartoon ran from uh, 1989 to 1991 and had 94 episodes. Well, there you go. Wow. Okay. Thank, thank you, Doc. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what's next, Doc? Uh, something that I am particularly excited about, uh, you know, one of the series that's come out recently that I have been very excited about yet have not got a chance to watch but one episode of uh, was the AMC show The Terror, uh, which came out, I believe, last summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a, based on the novel of the same name by Dan Simmons. I was a big fan of the book, and knowing that AMC makes quality television, 
I thought it was a good pairing, and I was really looking forward to getting a chance to watch it. And as I've said before on the show, I had the DVR set up to record, and whatever happened, it went wrong, and it didn't record. And, uh, you know, you can't watch the episodes on the AMC website, nor is it streaming, uh, as far as I know, anywhere right now. Uh, But I know I've previously reported here on this program that AMC had announced a season two of The Terror, and now all of the details for season two of The Terror have come out. So uh, season two is going to be a completely different thing. Uh, It's titled The Terror uh, Infamy during World War II, uh, where a series of bizarre deaths haunt a Japanese-American community. And it's a young man's, I guess, journey to understand and combat the malevolent entity that's responsible. Uh, other uh, casting notes, uh, C. Thomas Howell uh, will be playing a, a major, uh, United States major, who, uh, you know, is involved with the War um, Relocation Authority for the Japanese internment camps. And also playing a part in this will be none other than... Sulu himself, George Takei. Um, not, not only is he going to be playing one of the community elders, but he is also one of the advisors on the show because, as you all should know, when he was a young man, he was and he was in an internment camp. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, the the series is trying to promise a sense of uh, historical accuracy. So George is going to have a role in kind of helping that along. Okay, but isn't yeah? But didn't George Takei pretty much you know already cover this material in his play? Well, his play yes, is about his personal experiences. Uh, you know, this show happens to take place in that time frame, and I guess they're going to use his personal experience to present something on screen that is accurate in its representation. Okay. <clears throat> um, and they teenager. actually. Uh... Release set pictures uh, just this week. I posted on the Facebook page for Talking Terror. Uh, actual stills from the uh, production showing you different shots of the actors and the characters that are going to be involved. And I'm, in, I'm interested because I loved the first season of the, uh, the Terror. I loved the book by Dan Simmons, and I thought they did a great job. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle this material with the internment camps um, and the malevolent spirits or creatures that are within Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like again. I think it's great though that they're getting um, TK involved with this, just so he can actually pass on some knowledge and sh- share his knowledge of what he had to go through growing up in an environment like this. It had to be tough, you know. I think it's going to add that extra realism that we need uh, for a show like that, mm-hmm. where it's just not all fantasy and it's not all fiction. It's adding right. a, a sense of realism to it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Oh, so what else you got? <laughs> Go ahead, Ghoul. Uh, I I know that. Oh, Ghoul, was you going to say something? Oh no, I've got nothing, man. I didn't even make it through the first season of that damn show, so I'm good. <laughs> there we go. All right, carry on, Doc. So, I know you guys are all comic book fans and everything, and are all excited about your Avenger movies and everything. And uh, oh, fucking awesome. yeah! And, and uh, I guess. The two dudes uh, who are the directors of the Captain America movies and the Avenger movies, Joe and Anthony Russo, have struck a deal with MGM 
uh, a multi-film non-exclusive creative partnership uh, to co-develop, produce, finance a slate of projects, primarily raiding MGM's library for properties to remake. Uh, the first of these is going to be a remake of The Thomas Crown Affair starring Michael B. Jordan. Uh, another one is going to be what? a blend of live action and animation uh, remake of The Secret of Nim that's going to be called The Rats of Nim. And another property which recently had the remake treatment that they are talking about wanting to remake is yet another Poltergeist. Yeah. Another Poltergeist. <laughs> yep. But we already had a remake of the Thomas Crown Affair. Um, yeah. And now this is like what the third different re- this will be the third remake of Poltergeist? This will no, be the second remake second. of Poltergeist. And it'll be the third actually the second remake of Thomas Crown Affair. And the, the remake of Thomas Crown Affair is already probably like twenty years old, I think. Uh that one with uh, Pierce Brosnan, I believe, in uh yeah, yeah, Russo was hot in that thing, man. Oh man, yeah, I mean, Russo was so hot. Maybe. Yeah, I know that was at the top of her game. Yeah, that's 1999. That. That's that's 20 years ago. So yeah, but the I mean another Poltergeist. That was what I put on the talking terror page earlier today. Is that uh, Joe and Anthony Russo want to remake Poltergeist yet again? I mean, they were given carte blanche to the MGM library, and they were basically told you could do whatever you want because of what you did with Marvel. Yeah, you can guys do whatever you want. And they're like, well, Poltergeist. Like, well, no, pick something else. <laughs> well, I mean, look, it wasn't like do what you want. It was like this deal gives you access to our entire library and do whatever you exactly. want with it. You know, it wasn't like, oh, you can pan pick these particular titles. Like their deal gives them access to any property that they own to, to develop whatever they so choose. I'm sure. But doesn't that mean um, that they have access to anything they want to do? I and mean, that's pretty much it. Basically, yeah, well, maybe, do whatever you, want. you know, they, they feel that they have, I look, I didn't see, I didn't see the Polter, the Poltergeist remake. Um, it's terrible. I, I, I feel, I'm sure, I'm sure it is like, you know, with the exception of 2004's Dawn of the Dead, most all remakes are terrible. Now, um, <laughs> Those have eyes you know, better remake. The, yeah, yeah, Hills Have Eyes, Hills, yeah. Hills Have Eyes was really good too. You're absolutely yeah. right. I agree with that completely. Yeah. Um, I, I am a fan of the original Poltergeist and the sequel. Uh, I wasn't so crazy about Poltergeist 3, and I never watched the remake. Uh, there's a lot of remakes that I just never bothered with that I never will. Right. Um, I, I, I don't know that it's something for me personally that I care if they remake it. Um, I'm not one of those people for Poltergeist that's going to be like, oh, no, you're destroying my childhood yet again. Uh, it wasn't something that I was that crazy about, but I, but it definitely scared the shit out of me. Um, I, I just, you remade it. Uh, what, how many years ago? When was the Poltergeist remake? Wasn't that like within the last five years? So it hasn't even been five years yet. Like already, right. you need to remake yeah. it. And I know they've been doing that shit with like the Spider-Man series with reboots and remakes, and they just keep turning them out and everything. But like, that's different. That's different. It is. Like yeah. Spider-Man is, you know, a global thing. Like this is like a like a, a little niche thing, you know. Like well, not just that. But I mean, here's the thing: when you're taking like comic properties and comic book properties in general, you also have to realize that they've been reimagined multiple times on the page in print as well. Um, yeah. You know, you have multiple universes and whatnot to pick and choose from, so it, it leaves it more open to interpretation when you do that 
theatrically. You can make, you know, three, four, five different versions of Spider-Man and have every single movie be completely different from the film that came before it, except for maybe the, the basic powers themselves. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you're taking a horror property or any kind of film property in general, and you're, you know, like like I always say, I mean, listen, if you're gonna if you gotta make it so drastically different, then you might as well give it its own fucking name and make it its own movie. All you're trying to bank on is the fact that people are gonna go to this product and say, oh hey, I remember liking the original film. Maybe this one will be good too. Right. Yeah, I completely agree with that statement. Um, but like the doc had said, I mean. 2015 was the last Poltergeist remake. You don't need to do another one. You know, and it's not even the fact of like, well, the original was so good and they're ruining my childhood. It's not even that. It's just like it's been done in recent years. Take another property. Yeah, especially when you have access to all of the MGM vaults and, you know, of all the crap that you can pull there, you're going to sit there and do that. It's like, okay, granted, I'll, you know, I'll give you Secret of Nim because, you know, it's classic animation. It was done a long, long time ago. You know, it, it can use a touch-up. Based on um, based on a book, you know what I mean? Right. So, and that's a big thing yeah. these days, too, where you're taking literary works, and, you know, maybe it was done in the 80s in animation because you, know, you didn't have any way to do it live action other than right. going to the Henson Company and having them do a bunch of puppets with it. Um, yeah. You know, well, like we're yeah, about to see this summer with, with like the Lion King and shit like that. Where now it's CGA, oh CG, CGA, CGI. Right, but yeah, back then you know the only way you could do it, so they you know went through Don Bluth, who was very breaking away from Disney to sit there and create his own studio. Uh, but yeah, it's like now that we have the technology, you know, I hate to say it, but traditional two D animation is just you know going by the wayside. It is, yeah. Because I mean, we're in a new age and a new dawn with technology. Technology doesn't always work. I like my moving cartoons. <laughs> Give me back my moving pictures. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens with with Joe and Anthony Russo doing the Poltergeist remake. Not something I'm going to be so excited for, but you know, they, they have carte blanche, so. Let them ride that high, ride that high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and enjoy the spotlight. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <sighs> I can't blame them. I would do the exact same thing. I'd be like, hey, listen, right. I'm hot right now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep that, you know, that flames going as long as I can. Yeah. Because before you know, it's going to be over. Nobody's going to care about well, it anymore, so. Do they not have any kind of like? I mean, listen. Don't get me wrong. I love the. I love what they've been doing with the Captain America movies. I've said from the start, those have all been the most solid films from the Marvel Studios uh, sets of films. Uh, as far as like movies go, they're always the most entertaining. Um, I wouldn't go that know, far, but you, okay. <laughs> I, I know okay, you. Love, I, mean, I I I know you love your Captain America movies. I'm just more partial to the Iron Man movies. That's all. <laughs> wow. Listen, you go back. You can watch I, Iron Man One is the most solid out of all of the Iron Man films. Iron Man Two Agreed. is a drag, and yep. Iron Man Three is a completely different style of movie that doesn't even really fit into the superhero film in general. He's barely mm-hmm. a hero in that movie. You take the, each of the Captain America films have all been their own entire property each time telling a standalone story that you do not need to know anything else that has been going on in the Marvel Universe to watch any of three of those movies. 
The only yep. one I would say maybe you need to see some stuff is Civil War. And even yeah. that, being that it's such a mashup, like Destroy All Monsters mm. and the Toho films of that nature, you could mm. actually get away with not seeing shit and still mm. being like, oh, my God, I'm watching all these guys fuck each other up. But yeah, <laughs> that's basically it. You could go in dry and kind of still have a good time with it. Um, I mean, I still think Winter Soldier is probably the highlight of all those movies. I think it's probably the best of the Captain America films. Um, I still but that's the best out of all the Marvel films in general. I mean, it's not my favorite. My favorite still falls into the Guardians films. But yeah, out of yeah. all the movies, you sit there and tell me, I would say it's, it's Captain America, Winter Soldier, and then Black Panther. I would tend to agree with that. I mean, I, I love Black Panther. So I would definitely kind of agree with that. Um, but uh, as far as that goes, we'll see, we'll see what happens with Endgame. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. That three-hour and semi-minute movie – Got to have an intermission at some point, man. Has it? <laughs> did, did you buy dollar presale tickets, school? <laughs> no, I did not. Actually, I was yeah, looking. Okay. Um, did not get them though. You know, checking even like you know my theater for because they they've added a whole bunch of start times on now. Like they went from having you know your typical times to now Thursday. I think it's either Thursday morning or Friday morning. They have like eight a.m. showings. Oh, oh, for Endgame. Like, they, they filled it in from Beautiful, 8 a.m. to midnight, man. It's ridiculous. All seats <laughs> in, all these, in all these showings are almost sold out, except for, like, front row, all the way to the side, all this and that. I, I, was, I did want to see it week, weekend of release. Um, you know, figured, okay, maybe I'll wait till almost last minute, see if I can find one seat. Mm any one of those theaters and cram myself in uncomfortably between somebody and just be like, whatever, mm-hmm. dude, you're dealing with it, and that's that. Um, but then I didn't have to. I still may do that just to get in a couple days early, but one of my buddies from work had purchased two tickets for the Sunday at 11 a.m., and then him and his fiance got tickets for Friday. So he wasn't mm-hmm. doing anything with the Sunday tickets, so he gave them to me. I now have myself a pair of tickets for Sunday morning, which when it's a three-hour fucking movie, 11 a.m. is perfect for me. Oh, yeah. That's choice. That's cherry time. Especially for a three-hour film. I mean, that's perfect. Right early in the mornings when you want to see it. Like, when you said 8 a.m., like, that's even better. Like, I would rather go see it at 8 a.m. That way you get Yeah, early, except you got to wake go. up at, like, 6.30, 7, you know what I mean, to get, yeah, like, somewhat regular... You know, get yourself a cup of coffee, go down to the theater, you know, and enjoy the epic three hours and some minute film, which I cannot wait for. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe that there are people putting these things up for thousands of dollars on like I think it was five grand, like that. that's all. I really hope nobody's actually buying them. Like somebody putting yeah. them up, whatever. You want to put them up? Go ahead. Put them up, man. That's, that's your fucking prerogative. That's like WrestleMania that just happened this past weekend. Like lower area, <laughs> like uh, on the side of the ring, that they, when the camera is looking at the ring, you'd be facing the camera type of deal. So, but like within, I think it was like somewhere within the first seven rows of that area, they had tickets for like $20,000. I'm like, who oh. the fuck is going to pay $20,000 for a ticket for a one night event? People will. I guarantee that people did. <laughs> you know, I mean, they no athletes. That's it. That's who. <laughs> yeah, that is a good point. Yeah. I guess so. You know, big names, but they did. Um, but anyway, Doc, uh, to get back on track, uh, what else do you have for us? 
sorry, I'm trying to wake back up. Uh, so, um, <laughs> Robert England uh, will be hosting a new TV show for the Travel Channel called Shadows of History. There will be six okay. episodes where Robert England will be investigating frightening, odd, and creepy stories from America's past uh, that have been printed in American newspapers of the past. I don't have a uh, air date for that yet, but it's going into production soon. I'm looking forward to that. I read that earlier. Um, that's going to be the same network that Bruce Campbell's going to be on, doing Ripley's. So you have Bruce Campbell and Robert England doing their own thing in travel. And I think that Robert England would be a great host. He does have that kind of personality where he has stories for days. The ghoul can attest to it. When we met Robert England, he had stories upon stories upon stories about every movie he ever worked on. And I hung in every word. Mm-hmm. Work. <laughs> it was so good. So what, was he, so what he, he just like would just talk up with everybody? No, just in general. No, just in general. Yeah, he would just yeah. have a story, and he'd be telling us as we were waiting to get an autograph. Like, oh, by the way, when I did Fame of the Opera, funny story. And he would just go <laughs> into this whole thing. And it was just so entertaining. Yeah, I mean, well, let me put it this way, too. I mean, it, it wasn't even just that, but, like, in the case of somebody brings up, like, a figure or something of the Freddy no. Krueger character, because he owns a part of the rights or all the, something about the character he owns, so he knows everything that goes into making all of these figurines and everything, because he has a piece mm-hmm. of all of it. So he'll sit there. He starts going on about, you know, hey, I remember when I went down and they did the cast for this, and then he'll go into, like, a whole story of everything that <laughs> went on involved with that. And, yeah, it is entertaining as anything. The man is just mesmerizing when you're watching him. I'd love to see just a show of him talking about Hollywood and his experiences <laughs> of, of being an icon. You know, just sitting down and telling stories, you know, on a, on a network show. I mean, I think that would be entertaining. Put it on Shutter, right next to Joe Bob Briggs. Mm-hmm. Robert England story time. I'd pay to see that. <laughs> no, I just, that would be cool of him just doing like a one-man show and just, you know, sitting up on stage, you know, talking about his experiences in Hollywood. That would be awesome as hell. <laughs> yeah. Robert's bedtime yeah, stories. <laughs> <laughs> like he did back in the 90s on TV when they were promoting Freddy's Dead and he had Freddy Speaks the one hour documentary about him as Freddy which is great and you can find it on YouTube but it's a fantastic you know little thing in TV little thing back in the day um, okay so Doc what else do you have uh, final thing of note um, we've talked about the scary stories to tell dark documentary uh, that will be hitting video on demand on May 7th and DVD on July 16th. Uh, okay. okay. So July, July 16th. Yeah. And then, and then I guess, you know, if we got time, I just wanted to sit there and talk about that Adam's family trailer that dropped because I know that you two, uh, ghoul and King got to see it where it was the trailer for the new animated film, the Adam's family slated for, Theatrical release, not straight to DVD, not straight to net, network of any kind. This is actually supposed to be actually hit theaters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I guess. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I thought the animation looked bad. It looked lazy. It just it didn't mm-hmm. really, when I watched the trailer, I didn't feel all nostalgic for the Adams family. I'm like, I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. I was like, no. 
the, the animation seemed lazy. The voices seemed lazy. I just, I was mad. I was like, I, we had a cartoon. We had yeah. two movies. Why not do a live action one? Like the Gula brought up. Do another one. Do a reboot of the animated, of the live action series. I paid to see that. Not this wonky looking animation that they have for this new movie coming out. Right. I agree. Because uh, it looks to me like they were kind of trying to go with the uh, late 90s style of the animated series that came mm-hmm. after the first live live action movie. You know, right. it seems like they're trying mm-hmm. to go with that look. But but at the same time, it's also, you know, through CGI and it just, you know, like the ghoul had said earlier in our chats, you know, it just looks lazy. It just looks like paper cutouts. You know, and I didn't say that. That's, okay. Okay. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> I said that. Because <laughs> you know. that's what it looked like. Okay. It just I'm like, I don't know how much money they dumped into this, but it didn't look like enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looked no. like they were trying to go after the Charles Adams uh, animation that he did for his comic strip back in the 60s. But yeah, yeah I don't know. I was like, it, it's going to be tough to find an audience for this movie. Because when I watched that, I was, I'm a huge Adams Family fan, and I was turned off to it. Yeah. Uh, nope. I'll take a big pass. I, I'm sure I all of you ever watched Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Doc. I was saying that I was really excited to never, ever, to ever watch it. Ever. Yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. There's nothing there. As far as I'm concerned. You know, it just it, it didn't strike the right chords, as I, I hope that it would. I mean, it's... I love the Adams Family, but this movie, just, the animation just looks terrible. And that's the final yeah. product. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like they spent all of their money on voice casting for this movie and none of it on the actual animation. And, you know, I, I wish I could be excited about this, but I'm definitely not. And I'm very, very upset with the studio for putting out something that actually looks like that as the finished product. I yeah. think they don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I think you just well, nailed it. I, I just don't think they can. I don't know, man. I think they're just trying to capitalize on the uh, Hotel Transylvania crowd. Uh, okay. Which I think still has better animation than the Adam Sandler movie. So, and I haven't seen any of the Hotel Transylvania movies, but judging from the animation compared that to the Adam Sandler trailer just dropped. And I think that Hotel Transylvania has better animators working on their products. Yeah, yeah. That 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 one's done by Sony, and it's not the best animation, but it's definitely way better than what we saw there. <laughs> way fucking better. <laughs> um, again, I would love to see a live action uh, Adam Family again, and I'm hoping that's going to be possible. But you never know. Because I don't feel like this movie is going to really do anything at the box office. I mean, I, I don't think there's a crowd anymore, especially for little kids. I don't think they really know about the Adams Family. And that's what I feel like this movie is directed towards is for kids, and they don't know the Adams Family. You know, so they're going to go. This movie's going to let them know it. the Adams Family. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Kids are going to be <laughs> bored with it. Okay. But uh, so uh, is there anything else on the docks? Horror nerd news, or, or are we wrapping it up? Well, you know, I'm so glad that you're paying attention because uh, before my uh, mention of the scary stories, Doc, I said, and here's the last thing on my list. You did. 
And well, then the monkey just overtook it with the Adam's family. So, take it back, Doc. Take what back? What you had to say. What did I have to say? That was your last <laughs> item? Or did you have another fart? Did, did someone just fart in the microphone? <laughs> no. Pretty sure nobody did. So that was your last item. Cool. Did you just fart in the microphone, Cool? Someone just farted. I swear to God, someone just farted in the microphone. No. <laughs> Man, no, don't start making fake ones now. Someone farted in the microphone. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't fart in the microphone. I farted in general. And you had oh, like I, heard I heard it. I heard it in my headphones. I did not hear it. I farted in general, but I heard it, man. I heard it. It was one that had kind of like a little bit of like a like a trumpet kind of sound that tailed off at the end with like an up note. <laughs> No, but I'm serious. Like, am, I, am I wrong? I had a little bit of a no, you're not. You're absolutely right. Smoking <laughs> and everything. Wow. Wow. Heads of Africa. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, fruity aftertones, the, the whole nine. Um. <laughs> but um, I'll waste it, taste it. <laughs> there was actually one thing I wanted to add before we get into this uh, glorious movie that we have to talk about tonight. Um, the doc recently had been talking about a documentary called In Search of Darkness, uh, which is going to be about the 80s boom of horror films. Uh, Absolutely. Be a lot of people that were involved. Um, it's coming out soon. I've been seeing a lot of previews for it. But it got announced this, this past week that another documentary filmmaker is coming out with another documentary called Straight to Video, which is all going to be about the videos in the 90s that weren't released theatrically, but directly onto the video shelves. So there's a lot of horror properties in the 90s that got put right into the video shelves, not in the theaters. Basically, it's uh, going to be a documentary about a bunch of shitty movies, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of shitty movies. And I can't wait. Why couldn't it be a, a coffee table book? It should be. I pay for that. But I'm looking forward to it either way because the 90s was a big time for me growing up as a horror fan. So I saw a lot of these movies very fucking bad. Some of them kind of good. But I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle the material and what movies they're going to pick and what movies they're going to talk about. So details are very scarce. But it is going to be called Direct Video. Um, and hopefully it'll be released sometime within the next... A year or so. Okay. <laughs> I, I got to agree with the doc, man. It just it sounds like a shitty documentary about a bunch of shitty movies. <laughs> yes, because clearly, Monkey, you have great taste in movies. Because you're yes, going to be I talking do. about one from 1996 <laughs> called Sinner, directed by Tom Holland. So why don't you break out this masterpiece of a film that you have for us, Monkey? <laughs> Since you want to shit all over me, I'm going to shit all over you. Going to insult the films now, huh? We're going to insult picks nowadays. Yeah. Monkey wants to get all strong and talk shit, but now we have to talk about things. So, yeah, go ahead, Monkey. Yeah. First of all, I apologize. <laughs> Bum. But, uh, yeah. So, meet Billy Halleck. He's a very successful yet very shady trial lawyer in his quaint little northern town. He has a hot little wife who loves to do things to him. He has a lovely daughter, a beautiful home. He is respected in the community, and he is an obsessed. 
obsessively large man with an obsessively large appetite. Life is good for Billy. That is until one night while being distracted while driving, <laughs> Billy runs over and kills a member of a traveling gypsy troop that was visiting his town. Seeking vengeance for the injustice brought upon them, they place the curse of Cena on Billy. A curse where no matter how much you eat, you always get thinner and thinner. For a beast man like Billy, this doesn't sound so much like a curse. It sounds more like a blessing. What could possibly go wrong? And that's thinner. As for why I picked this movie, well, it's been a long long time since I've seen this movie. And, yeah, I forgot how bad this movie is. Um... But the, I really did. I'm sorry, guys. But the main reason I picked this movie is because there's been a ton of talk about Stephen King lately. You know, with all the with all what the hell? All right, with all the new movies like It, Pet Cemetery, the new Creepshow series coming up. You know, and people are talking about Stephen King pretty much. You know, almost as much as back in the 80s and 90s when Stephen King was everywhere. But like we talked about on the show last week, not everything that King touched was gold. And I definitely consider this film one of those projects. Sure, King had some wonderful, beautiful projects that, you know, be remembered forever. But he also had some really bad ones like this. <laughs> had a lot of bad ones in the 90s. <laughs> uh, so, right, guys. So... <laughs> Ghoul, what's your opinion on Finner? <laughs> The monkey's an asshole. (laughs) It's a bare-bones story. Yep. Agreed. Did you work on that pun all day? Of course not, man. I literally came up with that that split fucking second. Um, Because that's how fast and smart I am. See, fucking intelligence, dude. Uh, no, listen, man, this is a fucking, this is one of those bad Stephen King movies, you know, the second you said it last week, monkey, I was like, fuck, you know, I, I was just <laughs> dreading having to watch this thing. Uh, I, you guys know me, you know how many movies I end up buying because I'd rather just spend that right. extra couple of dollars to buy it than rent it. Nope. I wasn't even doing that for this one, man. I fucking paid good money to see this in the theaters many years ago. I was not paying money again to see this. So I ended up fucking just renting it for like $4 and that's it. I will never watch this movie again for the rest of my life. I hope I don't ever have to. Never say never. never. (laughs) All right. So Doc, what'd you think about Uh, So... First, let's just point out, we've been saying Stephen King, Stephen King. <clears throat> let's just point out that this originally was one of the Richard Bachman books. Yes, it was. Dick yeah. Bachman. Uh, so, uh, you know, this is one that uh, I remember reading uh, when I was way younger, uh, long before uh, before the, the movie. Not long before, but before the movie. And, uh, I, you know, I, I think I still have my, like, my parents' first edition somewhere. But, um this was one that I didn't really, you know, maybe wasn't ready or understanding when I read it. And when the movie came out, I remember the trailers and thinking that it looked interesting, but I just never watched it. And uh, I didn't watch it until watching it for the show. And uh, (laughs) um, yeah, uh, I I don't have, you know, many positives here, uh, (laughs) if any, Uh, you know, I was not a fan of, of this movie. And, uh, and we'll get into the details as our discussion unfolds. 
<laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah, Sinner, uh, I had rented on VHS back in the day from a local mom and pop store when it first came out because I liked the cover art. I thought the cover art was really cool uh, with the lead character kind of looking skeletal, you know, and it had the Sinner, you know, font. And I was like, oh, this could be fun. It's Stephen King. It's got RoboCop Part 3, which is a fucking terrible movie. And I was like, maybe he's good in this one because he was horrible in RoboCop 3. Um, but, yeah, I was like, Joe Montana, Cool. I like Joe Montana. I was like, but, man, this fucking movie is an exercise in fucking this condition. Like, it's just <laughs> a bad fucking movie. Like, it's just, there's nothing redeeming about any of the characters. There's nobody that you can kind of get behind. There's just nobody that you really care about. You know, uh, Robert John Burke as uh, Billy Heller, uh, just a disgusting character throughout the entire film. You kind of hope that he's going to get some kind of redemption towards the end, and he doesn't because he's that type of character. Um, it's just a movie that you never hope that you have to watch again. You watch it one time, and that's where we're at tonight with the show. Well, I don't know if I didn't care about no characters because I don't know, you know, but I, I was really fond of um, the gypsy chick. I, I was really fond of her. Um, well, because Carrie Word. Carrie Word, man. You can find yeah. many movies with her taking off her clothes and getting in compromising positions, man. <laughs> oh, she oh, really? She naked on film. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. yeah. I did not know that. Where were you in the 90s, Monkey? <laughs> yeah, I know. Missed the 90s. Yeah, sorry. I d- didn't really go spend a lot of time in that small room where I had to worry about touching, you know, accidentally bumping against other guys' dicks <laughs> like the ghoul did, where you would cir- circle around the, the, the center piece <laughs> looking for movies. Okay. I don't think that's what happened, but. Take your word for it, monkey. Are you I'll talking about the, the porn section in the fucking video yep. store, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you stumbling, bubbling fool. You couldn't get the word out the porn section. <laughs> <laughs> he was circling dicks? Is that what you said? <laughs> no, I said you try not to touch dicks with other guys as you're walking around the center section. Because that's the story that the ghoul always talks about when he goes into the porn section of the, the video stores. Yeah, because well, he always, always plays the center section. section. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. That's where the ghoul was at in the 90s. Walking around the center section of a porn stop. All the time, man. Dixon Fury Part 5 was fucking there, man. And that was a big rental, you know? I had to fight other dudes for it. Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to play tummy sticks? No, I don't want to play tummy sticks. <laughs> Playing guest sausage in the center of the porn store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love your sausage. Do <laughs> you like some sausage? The entire fucking time. No, he doesn't want any. It's all about women. A fucking thing that moves. <laughs> uh, obviously, you know, I, I get the uh, the distinct lovely fucking person to be the one that wants to see this in the movie theaters, man. It was like no, October. Yeah, you did. Of, 
I saw it too, man. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, good. Good. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Then that's uh, that's a good thing. I I did it on an eight and uh, with a with a woman. Um, what woman? Oh, woman. That's good. You know, as, as opposed to the monkey who did it with a bucket of popcorn, and uh, and some. Her name was Sherry. Sensational Sherry. No, the but no, the bucket of popcorn. Its name was Sherry. <laughs> yeah, I no, can imagine this being a thrilling movie to see in the theaters. No, but see, I got no, I got stuck having to see it though because I had to go with my ex-wife, and she was a big oh, Stephen too. King fan, me so. <laughs> Everybody went with my ex-wife. Oh, no, brother. We're asking my brothers, bro. Yeah, we just call her finger trap. <laughs> Goddamn but pair of Chinese <laughs> finger cuffs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, which is exactly why she's my ex-wife. But yeah, it's um, yeah, I had to go see this with her, you know. And then again, she actually had to buy it on VHS back in the day. Um, and she, she had her butt on VHS back in the day. She had no butt. <laughs> she bought it on VHS. Oh, yeah, bought okay. it on VHS. But yeah, but yeah. Um, you know, so I was stuck with both copies of this and whatnot. It's just apparently it's been a long, long time since I've seen this. And again, guys, I'm so sorry for picking this movie, but we are going to have to talk about it eventually. <laughs> this is what we're doing now. So we're getting out of the way. We're going to cleanse our fucking system. We're going to go on a crash diet and talk about this fucking movie. <laughs> I mean, well, Bill Howard. I think- yeah. I think I the know. best place right. to start with this film, if I can, I just just to, just to bring it in here, where we were as far as Stephen King films in theaters. I mean, this is 1996, so yeah. I believe what we had uh, Pet Cemetery in '89. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to think theatrical releases. I know Graveyard Shift. Would have been like the early '90s. I want to say like '91, '92. I know yeah. I was living in Jersey already, yep. so um, I think I was what, a, yeah, I think I was about 16 when that one came out. What else so, was, yeah. was hitting theaters theatrically of King at this point? I was uh, trying to dinner think of was, that. Uh, yeah. Dinner was 1996. Uh, you had uh, Needful Things in 1993. There you go. Uh, you had. Um, the Dark Half oh. in 1993. We also had Misery mid- in 1990. Yeah, Misery right. was in 1990. Um, a little later than that, you had Act Pupil in 1998. Um, Sleepwalkers in 1992. Sleepwalkers. And The Lawnmower Man. Uh, Dolores yeah, Playboy in 1995. Yeah. Okay, but... Um, or Tommy Knockers, Langoliers, I think they were around the same time. Yeah. Let's see here. Yeah. Um, well, Langoliers, though, was that was a TV special. That wasn't theatrical. That, that was no, a TV No, but it was still, event. you know, a film. I mean, I, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about just films in general. Maybe like Tommy Knockers, I know, was a TV special. And I think the no, yeah, but I, I was trying to go with theatrical only. 
You know, that's that's the thing. I just okay. wanted yeah. to see All where right. we might have been as far as you know, like we were talking earlier about the whole zombie fatigue thing with like the walking dead and stuff like that. And judging from the amount of Stephen King type of properties that we're looking at, even if we don't go beyond thinner, but if you look at how many films from 1990 to 1996, I would think it's a safe bet to say we were probably getting, you know, a little bit tired of it at this point, especially with the differences in quality with all the movies. The differences in quality. Yeah. But I don't think that there's a, a case of fatigue here because uh, the stories themselves are still vastly different. I don't think people. Are, I don't think. I don't remember, but I don't think people were going. Oh man, another Stephen King adaptation. Oh, not another one. Um, Dude, all the soccer so moms were like, "Ooh, they all the soccer moms varied, all over everyone." <laughs> uh, they obviously varied in quality. Um, I think the ones that stand out from that era of being particularly good were uh, Misery. And if you want to count uh, the Shawshank Redemption from 1994, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, mm-hmm. I'm you know, and then, uh, you know, Dark Half and Needful Things, you know, so-so. Um, I never saw The Lawnmower Man. I never saw Lawnmower Man, but Sleepwalkers was so-so. Um, You know, so it was a mixed mixed bag in that time. But when you look at these titles, these are also vastly different stories. I don't think there was a a Stephen King fatigue thing there at at play, in my opinion. I mean, I felt like uh, Sinner could have been a TV movie. Definitely could have been a TV movie, rather than theatrical. I felt like Mm -hmm. this could be a great HBO movie, like back in the day, or Cinemax. I'll go even one better for you. Back there? No, that's my dog, because he's whining, and, you know, because they they obviously feel like sticking the dog in his fucking crate in the room that I'm sitting in (laughs) while I'm doing the fucking show, because, you know, they they want to do whatever the fuck they're doing in the rest of the goddamn house. Um, (laughs) Okay, but what were you going to say? That's what's going to happen. But my my point is, I'm going to go one better on all of that. What I'm going to say is that dinner could have easily been not only, you know, maybe something as simple as a Tales from the Crypt, but maybe yep. even a Funny, segment of a creep that. show. Yep. Easily. And would have worked perfectly. Especially yeah. with the ending. There's not enough here for an hour and a half worth movie. Not enough material, and it shows. Like, there's just a lot in this movie where it could be a quick hour or even a 45-minute segment. You know, and well, that would have been fine. Well, a lot of what was in the book, though, it's like I was really hoping that they were going to nail in the movie effects-wise because we, of all the getting thinner and all the deterioration that's going on, you know, and he's literally becoming skin and bones in the book, you know, yeah. and, but they just didn't cover it, you know, and that this is one of those things where, again – this one was more of like an internal tale of like, you know, his struggling inside and, you know, the deterioration that he was constantly feeling. And they really didn't have that, so they were trying to turn this into something else while still snagging a Stevie King title. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, it's just because, like the, like the ghoul had said with his pod, you know, just being a very bare bones type of story. And that's what it was. Um, we get uh, Billy Halleck representing a mob boss, uh, Richie Ganelli, played by uh, Joe Montana, which, again, I thought he was the highlight of the movie. 
Like I thought, whenever Joe Martini was on screen, I was happy because he was acting in this movie and having a good time with the material. Not everybody else was in the same movie that Joe Martini was in. <laughs> when, when he ever showed up, I was happy. Um, but uh, Robert John Burke as uh, Billy Halleck, it's just there's nothing redeeming about this character. Um, there's just no. nothing about this character where you feel like even after he's cursed, that he's going to do the right thing. And he's going to figure out how to get rid of this curse and do right by himself. He's just going to be out for him. A number one. And that's what bothered me about the character in general. A number one. Like, yeah. <laughs> the A number one. You know, that's all he's looking out for. Um, but even when he, he gets off Richie Ganelli from his trial of manslaughter, and everybody's like, oh, man, you know, Billy Howard's the best. And he's eating, but he's trying to die at the same time. The whole uh, thing about him hitting the woman in his car was ridiculous. Because I'm sorry, I'm a fat man too, and there's just no way logistically that he's going to get a blowjob in that car. No yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's just because it's like on top of that, man. It's like you know, like you're a big dude. Your steering wheel right up on your stomach, man. Um, yep. you know, but at the same time, it's like. You know, for things to work out right, like you, you had said last night, King, is like, you know, to make that work in a car, you got to lean all the way back to be able to get all to, to all the good. Yeah. And on top of that, on top of that, I was just laughing my ass off during this whole scene just because the amount of movement that was going on is like the dude had to have been built like Ron Jeremy for all of the movement that she was doing right there in front of the steering wheel. <laughs> exactly. exactly. He had to be sad. Yeah. He was a fat man with a gigantic cock. Yeah, apparently. You know. <laughs> that was my takeaway. A fat man with a giant cock. And because um, we had talked about the, the scene with the gypsy uh, Lemke going into the pharmacy uh, office and you know getting his pills for his nose, I thought it was an actor trying to be Stephen King. And then I'm like, oh, no, shit, that's actually Stephen King. Yep. <laughs> you know, and Stephen King's in this fucking movie. Like he thought that well about the material that he's gonna have a cameo. I was like, all right, uh, oh, hey, okay, Doctor Banger. Yeah, <laughs> that's Mister Banger. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, because this, <laughs> I just love the fact that he he just popped up. You know, and again, this is like we were talking about around the same time as uh, Sleepwalkers. And stuff like that, where he's now feeling confident enough to put himself in his own fucking movies, just for a little bit. But he's showing up, you know. <laughs> I like his cameo better in Sleepwalkers. I mean, if we're talking about '90s cameos from Stephen King, I like his cameo right. better in Sleepwalkers, as you know, the mortuary guy is like, "Who's gonna fucking clean this mess up? Not me." See the shit? That's not my so what, do you th- what do you think, Clive Barker <laughs> and Toby Hooper? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was, it was such a bizarre thing, but um, the the fact that Lemke puts the curse of Sinner on him, I it's deserved. Like he deserves to get this punishment. It's not like I, he doesn't deserve it. He got off Scott clean. The judge and the police chief and even Doctor Bangor were like, "Yeah, no, we're, I'm a character witness, but we're not going to listen to you. Fuck you." You know, he's better off. <laughs> Billy Howard yeah. deserved everything he got. Yeah, I agree. And this is just a thing of, again, you know, white people's problem here is like, <laughs> you know, um, 
you know, the, the judge had been drinking the night before. Billy had been drinking the night before. Fuck, man, yeah. the sheriff might as well have been drinking too. You know, but they all decided to lie and corroborate in the courtroom, not even getting a trial here. What you said was a big difference between this and the book was that oh, yeah. in the movie, oh, yeah. they don't even go to trial. You know, this is just the pre-trial to decide if there is going to be a court, a case, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, they just, nope, nope, blow it off, you know, you know, and it's just, it seems like, you know, the, the three people of town who run the court system in the town just decided to get, you know, let themselves off the hook. Yeah. Because he, he's popular in town, you know, he's a big, you know, guy, he's a defense attorney. Um, right. But, you know, like, I don't, know if, it's about just, that I don't know if it's just that. I think it's also a bit of xenophobia, you know what I mean? I think that's what this yeah. is really talking about here. It's not a matter yeah. of him being the big guy in the town or being popular or anything. It's about being the guy from the town as opposed to a bunch of traveling vagrants that are going to be just moving on. You know, who are they in the big scheme of things? You know, these people are the people that are there every single day. Um, White man you know, as opposed to these guys who are just moving on. Yeah, right. And that was the one thing I wanted to talk about with the doc as well, because we do have a scene where Billy does visit the the gypsy camp, and he's begging uh, the main gypsy Wemke to get the curse off of him. And he goes, well, I didn't see her. I didn't see her. He goes, no, you never do. You never see us. And I thought that was kind of like what the board said, xenophobic in a way. Like, you never see us because you never pay attention to who we are. Like, you have white man privilege, and you ignore us. Okay, so, I mean, that's exactly what happened. I mean, obviously, that is the point that the gypsies were making, and that's obviously, uh, you know, what was happening, and that's what led to, uh, you know, Mr. Halleck getting himself off or getting off from the uh, help of his police officer and judge. Uh, when he says you never see us, it's because you don't see them. You see trash. And, I mean, that's pretty much what everybody sees gypsies as. I mean, everybody knows that. Yeah. And, but I thought it was it, in a very bad movie. It was actually a good point that they were making about how, you know, because you have all this privilege, you don't see us. And that's why you're cursed. And that's why we don't fuck what the fuck you're going through all this shit. Where you have the judge becoming a lizard and you have the police chief becoming a leper. It's like, you deserve this. You earned it. And that's why you're becoming who you are, because that's who you really are. You're fucking trash, and that's what you have to deserve. So for Billy, I felt like he should have just deserved everything he got, rather than going on a crusade mm. to stop the curse. But mm. no, you know what? Just deal with what you did. Right. And and I agree with you here, because also, like you said earlier, is there's this weird thing of, well, who exactly are we supposed to be rooting for? Because when yeah. you watch the trailer originally, it's supposed to be, Billy Halleck, he's the center of our story. He's the jolly fat man, you know, and these horrible things happen to him. <laughs> you know, but all of these things happen because they all did bad things, you know. So, but at the same time, it seems like the movie keeps trying to steer it so that you're rooting for Billy. Like, it seems like this movie had a fucked up direction where it seemed like they kept trying to steer you in the way of, you know, Getting back behind Billy. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what do you think about that? Do you think that we should have been rooting for Billy the entire time? I think their presentation of the gypsies and the way um, certain things were presented, it, 
kind of left it to where, I mean, you can sympathize with both sides of it, but honestly, I found both of them to be kind of gross. You know what I mean? You know, Billy had plenty of his problems, and so did, you know, his, his wife and the people around him, and I also found that the gypsies were a little bit fucked up, too, in their own rights. Yeah. Um, and you also have the introduction of Dr. Mikey Houston, that is, you know, the, the focal point of Billy, where he believes not that his not wife Whitney and Houston. no, not Whitney Houston, <laughs> Doctor Houston. Um, but it's again, it's Billy trying to find the fall guy in this whole thing. It's like, well, if you hadn't been giving me the blowjob, never would have happened. So he blames her the entire fucking time, and it's just it kind of got annoying after a while because all he did was blame her. Then he's like, well, you know what? I have an easy way out because you're fucking Doctor Mikey. Like, well, that came out of nowhere, like. Maybe. I mean, I, I think it's presented in that way where it's, she is, you know, and it's just stupid. I thought it was stupid the way that they presented that whole thing with Dr. You know, Mikey, where it's like, it's well, obvious. I mean, again, it's, it's, it's hinted at, but we're never really given any kind of definitive answer to whether or not she actually is banging him or not. There's plenty of hints towards it. I think the, the biggest one being when she comes out of the back room the one time she was adjusting her pants. Church. Yep. Yes, you know, yeah, you know what I mean. Like I think that was like the biggest pants, clue. Right? But you know, aside from that, we really don't get it as a fact. Um, so I mean, it could also just be his fucking paranoia and him freaking out as he's dealing with the issues that are that are going on. Right, and like the and like the king said, it seems like he's just trying to find one more reason, one more person. Not to, you know, for him not to accept responsibility for the shit that he did. Right. He's trying to pass the buck. You know, the entire fucking mm-hmm. movie. He's trying to pass the buck on to somebody else. Like, this isn't my problem. This isn't my fault. Like, just take the curse off. Like, just deal with it. Because it's not my fault that I ran over your, you know, your daughter in the road. But it is. <laughs> you know, I like, didn't take it so much as him trying to pass the buck all the time, as much as him trying to, while accepting responsibility on his own end, also mm-hmm. kind of being like, look, you know, like, okay, fine. Even if I'm going to accept the responsibility for what I did, you know, everybody else that was involved with this should also accept that fucking responsibility. Which is a good point, you know, and I think that um, they showed the judge uh, briefly and the leper, uh, the police chief, you know, accepting their own fates in their own way. I mean, I, I, the one thing I didn't like was how they presented the judge, uh, Judge Carey, when he has the dream sequence of the judge like Hellraiser style and his face is fucking falling apart in the car when they're being mm-hmm. chased by Wemke. Like, I felt like it was just dumb because it didn't really happen. It was a dream. He never really understood what happened to Judge, except that he killed himself. Like, it's, I don't know, it felt out of place and kind of unnecessary. Because it was uh, part of the gypsy magic. Can, can, can we just say, too, though, and that's, that's another one of these sequences that made no sense. So they're speeding right. away from, from the gypsy carnival. Uh, they, right. You know, they run away, they get in the car, they're, running, they're driving away from the carnival. How is Lemke coming from the opposite direction in a fucking truck? It's a dream. When they were that was a bridge? dream sequence. Yeah, yeah that's all on the a dream bridge, sequence. that was us. Oh, I must have missed that part. Yeah, it was a dream because it didn't make any sense to me either when I first watched it. I'm like, what the fuck? He's in a he's in a bus and then he's in a truck and then he wakes up and it's like, oh, that was a dream. Well, it was also, he didn't actually. He was at a dream. carnival, then he's in the car. She's you know, there was all kinds of crazy shit going on there. <laughs> yeah, 
it just it didn't make any sense until he wakes up and you're like, oh, that was all a dream. And then he gets the call and he makes it to the judge's wife and she's like, oh, he killed himself last night. Like he just had enough and he killed himself. And it's like, well, they, they had, do the same thing. Put a gun in your mouth. Well, I don't even think she said that he killed himself. I think she said that there was a car accident. He crashed into a gas tanker. That's right. But that yeah. was, yeah, so, but, it was yeah. like a relief. Yeah. The other guy we know did. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the police blew his brains out. Yep. Because he had turned into a leopard. He which that guy, if you didn't recognize him, the police, you know, the police chief is from uh, Super Troopers. Um, yes, he Sheriff is. Totally is. Grady. Yeah. But there's uh-huh. an even crazier thing here. The character shoots himself in 2012. That actor, he got diabetes and he lost his leg. Um, they were going to surgically remove some more of his toes on his remaining foot. He tried to commit suicide by shooting himself in the fucking head and ended up failing, but he did die later in 2015 due to complications from the diabetes. Oh, oh wow. Terrible. I had no idea. No idea. Yeah. So kind of fucked up, though, that the character in this movie fucking ends that way, you know? Yeah, that's pretty horrible. I didn't know that. But was yeah, that the thing that you realized that you were going to tell us about? No. All right, well, oh, I'm waiting that... with bated breath. <laughs> bated breath? Wow, man. Okay. I mean, listen, it's, uh, it's my... all I was going to say had to do with the director, man. That's all. I found something right. that I've been looking to for a long time. All right, well, you don't have to tell us now. I'm just making a point. I just I don't want you to forget. That's all. Well, it is a... It is a strange thing, though, that Tom Holland directed it um, and also had a hand in the screenplay because of, of Child's Play and because of Fright Night, two of my favorite horror films. Um, and then for him to do this film, and I'm like, wow, this movie sucks. <laughs> I like Tom Holland, but, man, I don't know if it was just a bad choice on his part or if he really believed in yeah. the project. But, but you know, as, the, as these things continue on, this is when the movie finally takes a turn because we have Joe Montana to, you know, get involved with the storyline, and we actually have some decent acting and some funny lines, finally, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said while watching, and I was like, oh, my God, Joe's back. This is going to be good. We're going to get some good shit because Richie Guerrero is back. Can, although, though, I do just want to say um, – was there anything, truly, given all of this fucking absurdity in this movie, was there anything more unrealistic than a underworld crime boss yep. uh, going so far uh, in all of the tactics that he did to, to help his lawyer? Uh, I, don't, I found that to be the most disbelievable part of this movie. That's what the monkey and I were talking about last night. Why a fucking <laughs> mob boss, of all people, is going to be helping out Billy... Throughout all of this, he would send a maid guy. He would send a cop. Running, he would send running somebody. around, running around in the fucking forest, shooting an AK forty-seven <laughs> at a bunch of gypsies. Yeah. Hey, you hey, know, it, it, I believe yeah, in the yeah. story he wasn't a mob boss. I believe in the story no, he was, he was under, just he was a captain. He was just one of their guys. Yeah, and he wasn't the main guy. He wasn't the mob boss. In the movie, he was my boss. In the, in the book, I think he was a captain. You know, he wasn't one of the, uh, the main I mean, people. 
Um, I mean, listen, still, fucking New England. Listen, man. You know what? Though we're dealing with like you know when we thought when we talk about that, we're thinking like the New York, New Jersey mafia. You got to remember, things are completely different up north, okay? And when you talk about Maine, you're talking about like the Boston guys. You know, we've all seen The Departed, okay? You see what kind of fucking <laughs> yeah. in-house shit goes on there, okay? Jack Nicholson <laughs> fucking thinking about the boys and wanting to stick his little fucking Willie in the dude's bungholes, that kind of shit. The boys in Providence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it just it, it, like the the doctor said, it just made no sense why mob boss of all people is gonna be like, all right, Billy, you got me off, I'm gonna help you, and I'm gonna enjoy it too because I love this shit. I love. I was more concerned people. about Dylan Walsh living there in Bangor, Maine, <laughs> <laughs> and offering Ooh. sexual favors as long as they're not videotaped. I mean, that's funny. That was Dylan Walsh. That was some funny, funny stuff. Wow, I didn't realize that was Dylan Walsh. Wow. No, 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 no. I didn't. I meant, you know, it was the character from 90210. That's all. It wasn't the actual. Brandon Walsh. Dylan McKay and Brandon, uh, Brandon Walsh. Walsh. Dylan, I, what was Dylan's last name? McKay. Oh, no. I don't know. Dylan McKay. Dylan, Dylan McKay. I'm sorry. I crossed our 90210 characters. My yeah. bad. Oh, he's about yeah, cross the streams, man. Don't cross the streams. <laughs> I know, I know. And then when I think about it, too, Dylan Walsh from Loverboy and all those things. So yeah, yeah. Well, that thing, that's me cracking up though, because he pulls up to that car. Dylan Walsh wasn't in Loverboy. And I was like, the guy's gonna roll down his window. He's gonna be like, all right, I'll suck his dick if you want it. And all of a sudden he goes, yeah, I'll do it, but no videotapes. So I'm like, oh my god, he actually fucking did it. Uh, he did fucking say he would offer sexual favors. Dylan Walsh was absolutely in Loverboy, bro. He was fucking the dude that's trying to hit on his girlfriend, man. No way, mm-hmm. dude. That is Dylan Walsh, dude. Yes, Jordy or whatever his name is. Dylan Walsh. There we go. But in this movie, it's Spartan. <laughs> the, uh, the guy that gets the money. Oh, the actor's name. The actor's name is Dylan Walsh. Right. That's yeah. why I said Dylan Walsh is in this movie. No, he's not. Right. Who the hell else is Walsh? I thought you were talking about the fucking characters from 90210 again. I'm like, what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was talking about the guy from Nip Tuck. <laughs> well, here's a quick thing, man. Did anybody here fucking blink and you miss it? Catch Josh Lucas in this movie? He was in this movie? Josh Lucas is the fucking orderly in the hospital when he goes to the uh, whatever clinic it is that he's in. Right. Josh Lucas, yes, from fucking uh, the Poseidon movie and, and all those other films. American Psycho. He's been in. Yes, American Psycho and any number of other movies. Nine. He yeah. is yeah, in this film as a, uh, as a quick, like, it was like uncredited too. Yeah, male nurse. That's I saw the dude's crazy. face, and I'm like, that. holy shit, look how young that motherfucker is. <laughs> yeah. I holy shit. That. That is holy shit. But holy the whole shit. thing with, with Spartan, and you have Gorilla giving him the money to go follow up on the gypsies. I felt bad for him, because he didn't deserve what he got. Like, that's the one character in this movie that didn't deserve what he got. All he was doing was going the gypsies. Like, to find out where they were going. He's like, yeah, I found him. But I think they're on to me. And then the next thing that you see him, and he's fucking dead. I'm like, oh, man. Like, I felt bad for that character. He, he died because he was, 
he was a homosexual, so he got killed, man. We've seen this in all of Stephen King's works. Yeah, he's not or fond at of least a in a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> not fond of him. Um, listen, it is not fond of him. I don't but think he has a different any with him. I think he likes to show that America has, you know, a history of problems with them. <laughs> well, especially in it with, uh, you know, Mellon. But well, well, that's another story for another bit. Um, but what I also like is that Gorelli orders his guns through, like, FedEx. <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> for some reason, he could just order guns through FedEx. And like assault rifles, and he's like, "Oh, I've got my package! <laughs> Hell yeah!" <laughs> I mean, I know it's Check this out. Written in the '80s, the movies in the '90s. You know, yeah. it's one of those. I just, uh, yeah, I, I did find it interesting. You know, it was, uh, it was mm. fun to see that you can get a weaponry like that through the mail yeah. system. <laughs> our our mm. post office at work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Or the fact that uh, Gorelli could go to the gypsy camp with just that one gun that he has and fire on an entire camp of people with guns and not get hit once. <laughs> Fucking miracle. Well, he's fast. Uh, yeah, but it's like 18 <laughs> fucking quality. Yeah. <laughs> he's really fast. Really fast. Well, that, well, that's because Mr. T like made a special thing out of shit because they had to have that montage where you know you got to weld some shit together to make a, a fucked up contraption that you're only going to use for five seconds in the show. <laughs> I don't need no jibber jabber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah but all the with guns and they're firing on him. And he's not shot once. He's hiding behind a log. How hard is it to fucking hit this guy? You know, he's, 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 he's constantly moving and shifting his weight, you know. Yeah, and he's wearing black, which you know, <laughs> like Chuck Norris shit. You can't see him at night. <laughs> he's John Cena now. Oh wait, sorry. Are we allowed to do that anymore? Do we have to stick with the thugonomics? We don't. We don't have to ever go back to 2004 ever again. <laughs> the uh, yeah, the whole scene with that, and then they they have the husband of the great granddaughter tied up with the, uh, the note on his chest, and they release him, and then the gypsy camp shoots him to death. I was like, all right, well, me, I had a problem with that. I know the monkey was fine with it. I, I still think it's stupid. I explained it to you. When you have, it's in the middle of the night, you have a giant field between you and your assailant, okay? You don't know how many people are shooting at you because he's in black and he's behind logs. And when someone comes rushing at you while you're defending your camp, you don't give a shit. They're coming right from where the people were being shot. You're going to shoot the people because you think they're just coming at you. Yeah, it's one person. It's one. You don't know it's one. You don't know it's one. It's one. (laughs) <laughs> There's only one gun. That's all he had. He didn't have like multiple guns. He wasn't like fucking breaking up well, a uh, punch coat. Well, listen, he had an assault rifle though, so he's making, you know, well, he had a an automatic rifle. Um, yeah. You know, so yeah, with the with the sound and then the chaos and the fact that he's such a crack shot that he's taking down trailers and blowing shit up. But not know, killing anybody. I mean, it's it's scary stuff. No, no, he didn't kill anybody. No, he didn't. No. He's he's a right. he, he's a fair mob boss. But <laughs> yeah. he did he did he did tell Billy before he did this that he wasn't gonna hurt anybody. 
You know, he did. So yeah, because apparently Billy has feelings. He doesn't want anybody yeah. to get hurt. No, yeah. no, nobody has to get hurt. Let's just scare him a little bit. Yeah, that's that's the way to go. Yeah, let's just that's again. Billy is so hard to fucking track at this point because he doesn't want to hurt anybody. He just wants the curse removed. Like you would think that Billy, being the fucking narcissistic asshole that he is, he would just not care. Like just take out as many as you can. Like just destroy them. I don't care. Like I just want the curse removed. But apparently he has feelings. Like when well, Gorelli shows up the next day and talks to the great granddaughter as an FBI agent. Hey, so uh, this is the guy, right? And she's like, "Yeah, that's him. That's the white man from town." Uh, yeah, just come with me, and uh, we'll ID, uh, ID him, and we'll be good. She's like, "Fine, I'll go with you." <laughs> I thought it was a good and, move. It was. It was a smart move. It, it was, and but then he has to go and do what, King? <laughs> oh my God! The greatest moment in this fucking movie is when he takes off his eyeglasses and he's like, "I think it's this guy you're looking for." And he has a fucking mugshot of himself. That's his own mugshot. It's like worn. It's kind of you faded. don't travel with your own mugshot. No, he does. Like he's proud of that. He's like, yeah, it's a mugshot. Because he has an eight by ten. You know, if you want. I, I couldn't even get a copy of my mugshot when I got arrested. <laughs> I, I, I asked for one, and they were like, "Fuck you, get, get in your fucking cell." <laughs> no, he did. Because Gorelli has power as my boss up in Maine. Yeah. To get his mugshot, so he could show yeah. it to her. And fuck with her with the with the acid, and put it on her forehead. Like, oh no, yeah, I fucked you the first time. Put the acid on the forehead. If you move, oh, gonna be bad. I'm like, yeah, I was having so much fun. But problem is that I thought I don't know what you guys thought, but I kind of wanted Gorilla to get killed by the gypsies. He doesn't have a finality to his character. He just kind of goes away. He fucking disappears because the next things that come up is obviously Gina has gotten away. Um, she's yeah. going to go t- go tell Granddad what's happened, and yeah. Granddad has agreed to meet Billy at the lighthouse. And <clears throat> our boy took Billy up there, and the last we see of our boy is he goes, all right, you know, talking to Billy. He goes, okay, you're going to square things away, right? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll see you in an hour. And that's it. We don't get no finale with Richie at all. You know, nothing. No closure. That's just it. No yeah, nothing. They, they just leave it be. <laughs> like, no, I mean, we got to assume that he just goes back to his, his mob bossing ways, and, and that's mm. it. Uh, I guess. Bada that. bing, bada boom. <laughs> I mean, I guess in the long run, you can't really have a finality for Richie because they didn't know who he was. Like, it's not like they could curse him because they didn't really know who he was. Only the great-granddaughter knew because he had that nifty uh, mugshot. <laughs> okay, understood. All right, but it, sound, it's, it sounds like a Cadbury commercial over there, Google. There some chickens. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, there's nothing I can do about this one. <laughs> what? Uh, what? Sure, chicken head. I tried everything. Yeah. Goo likes them chicken heads. Goo likes the chicken heads. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like, I, I, um, Doc, what did you think about Gorelli? Like, do you think that he should have been killed by the Gypsies and have a finality, just not disappear off screen? No, I don't, I didn't even give it 
two, like two seconds of thought, to be honest. Um, I don't think his character needed to have a finality. Uh, his purpose was to, you know, help Billy and, and get him to the lighthouse. Uh, I don't feel that his character needed finality. It was a weird thing watching it this time around because originally when I went back this time to watch it, I thought he died. Like I honestly thought that the gypsies killed him. And I was like, oh, this is going to be his death scene. And it never happened. He just kind of said, I'll pick you up in an hour. And then he just goes away. Okay, well, you know what? Like the Docket said, he served his purpose, and that was it. It was weird. But I accepted it because we have to get to the strawberry pie. Yep. That we got to get to the strawberry pie that looks like it was stolen out of a trauma movie. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> because, we, because we have the grandfather come up, meet Billy on the on the bench outside. You know, for some reason, there's kids playing football. I don't fucking know why. Um, <laughs> it's pain. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah, all right. But, you know, Billy's hanging out on the, the bench. Grandpa comes over, brings a pie. You know, he's like, can't, you know, he talks about getting rid of the curse and how you can't really get rid of it, but you can transfer it to someone. You know, <laughs> and to do that, all you got to do is give me your hand, <laughs> okay? And then he stabs him right through the fucking hand. <laughs> and but not even transfer. He tells him, "Why don't you just eat it yourself?" God's yeah. well, white man. Well, the. But first, we're talking about he transfers the curse into the pie, and whoever now eats the pie will either, t- you know, take will, will take take the curse off of him, and will die very quickly, <laughs> very quickly, you know. But yeah. yeah, like you said, you know, then Grandpa says, but instead of doing all that, why don't you just eat it yourself? You'll die quickly. You'll be out of pain, and you'll die clean. Don't, you know, stop trying to pass it off onto someone else. Exactly, and that's what you think no, that he should I mean, do. But he's also got his revenge in mind well, because yeah. we know that yeah. he's thinking about his his wife and his yeah, Doctor Mikey, <laughs> of course, because that's what he says. What the gypsy says, "Do you have somebody in mind?" He goes, "Oh yeah, I got somebody in mind." It's like, no, eat the shit yourself. Oh, yeah, you know, eat it yourself. <laughs> oh yeah, send some sumji. <laughs> Hey, 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 Mikey! Hey, Mikey! Gotta go bathroom. Yeah, it would make the most sense for him to eat the pie himself and die a death that's worthy of what he had been through. But no, of course not, because he's yeah, wiping his butt and he's got to go home and give her the, the strawberry pie. And he gets home with that pie, and he's like, "Hey, I'm home finally. Did you miss me?" And she's like, "Oh yeah, totally did." I was totally not wondering where you were, because it's awesome at your home. He's like, and I brought you a pie, too. Strawberry. Oh, yeah, your favorite, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and then we cut to the next morning. All right, and here's where I had a problem. And here's where I had a problem with, uh, you know, this whole thing is the next morning, <laughs> you know, Billy asked if, you know, she's awake. You know, and we have the sheets pulled back, and we have this beautiful, beautiful, you know, falling apart, goozy as hell corpse. You know, oh, it was the, juicy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was fresh. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved it, you know. And, you know, Billy just leans over and gives her, a, gives the corpse a kiss. 
Like he doesn't but, want to give her too big of a kiss. Because he doesn't no. want to eat too much of that pie. No, but that's the problem, though, is then he sits there and licks his lips and goes, oh, strawberry. And yeah. it's like, so didn't, yeah. he, so didn't he just uh, eat some of the pie? That was a t- tiny was little a bit. Yeah, it wasn't enough, and he says that. He goes, I don't want to have too much. Okay. So he just had that little bit of a taste. So it wasn't enough to get the curse into his body. It was just enough to get that taste of the strawberry pie. But how does he know that? He's guessing at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, listen, it, yeah, it could have gone the other way. Absolutely, it could have went the other way. Yeah, but it didn't because then it goes to the flips that, you know, I like that they kept it, the one from the book in here. They didn't try and rewrite it. Um, they did. They rewrote it totally. They did, but I'm saying, but the thing that we're getting ready to get to is when he comes down and finds his daughter's stuff there and the daughter is awake and she's there and she's talks about how she had some of the pie too. Yeah, she got back together with her mom and they, they mended fences and she had a piece of the pie. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck, you did. And not even that, she's like, this is so good, a pie. And she has to go back with a big fucking finger full of the strawberry <laughs> and mmm, pie. Mm, like, that would be a scene I would, pie. I would love to see a scene with her in the soccer well, field that's just fucking melting. <laughs> I was like, is there a deleted scene? That shows her, like, I'm happy to play soccer. And all of a sudden, like, fucking street trash. Where she just fucking melts. <laughs> you know? I was like, where is that scene? I would love to see that scene. Where she's melting on a field. How was, no. How was the ending different in the book? Well, in the book, he has the pie, and he understands that his wife and daughter ate it. So when he's looking at the pie, he realizes what he has to do, that he's done so much where he eats the pie himself. He cuts himself a piece, and he eats it, and he understands his fate, is that he's going to be accepting it and dying. Whereas oh, in the movie, Dr. Mikey has to show up, and he's like, oh, hey, I was totally going to fuck your wife, but you're home. What's up, man? Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, he, was, he, was, he had those big jeans on that day. It was Saturday. He was ready. He was looking good. He was ready for it. But no, Feeling he's home. Good, <laughs> yeah. Looking good, baby, right? Feel good, man. But yeah, no, that's what we get is this whole fucking thing where he's like, hey, why don't you come in for a breakfast pie? Because that's the fucking thing. <laughs> I'm like, never heard of that before until this movie where I'm like, breakfast pie? Like, that's a, I think a that's called a thing. quiche. <laughs> okay, well, whatever. Never heard of it before. And if I'm Dr. Yeah, Mike, no. he's like, no, I'm good. I'll just uh, <laughs> check in you guys later. <laughs> I no. guess. I, I guess. Yeah, no, but then was... it's like you know he he comes in the house, closes the door, and almost almost looks directly at the camera. You know, oh my and... god, yeah. <clears throat> I wanted him to look at the fucking camera and fucking wink. I was like, that's how bad that fucking shot was. When he smiles as he closes the door, yeah. like yeah, just give break. us a wink and like a kiss or something. <laughs> you yeah, know? because you fourth wall break. <laughs> yeah. Just break that fourth wall and deal with it because now you have a fucking rotting corpse upstairs. Now you're going to kill Dr. Mikey, who's going to turn into a rotting corpse. And you have your daughter who's rotting on a soccer field somewhere. There's going to be a lot to fucking explain. 
Well, no, I think he's going to eat the pie with Dr. Mikey. So I think he's accepting his fate and dying. I just think it's a matter of he's taking Dr. Mikey with him. See, I no, thought the same thing. Let me to believe he's not. That he's going to say mm. he's not. He's not hungry. He's. I already had a piece. You haven't though, Doctor Mikey. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, the I think the whole idea that he's killing his daughter, you know, being that she's dying. There was the one constant in the film is that you know he did actually care about her. Oh yeah, she's the one person yeah. that he cared about more than himself. It's just, if yeah. it didn't do that smile at the end, like that was what graded on me. Is that if they didn't have that smile, I might believe that he might have ate that pie with Dr. Mikey, and so they all died. But it's just that. Oh, that I mean, you know, listen, shot. both him and Dr. Mikey shared the same pie more than once. They were Eskimo brothers. <laughs> you know, they were going to go but, down together. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's pretty. <laughs> But yeah, this pretty much covers the movie thinner. Yeah, and we again, covered, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, Ghoul, the pick is for you next week. What do you have for us on tap? I'm perfectly honest with you, man. You know what? Like I said, I, I really waited to the last fucking possible minute to watch this movie um, and didn't even put any thought into the fact that it is my choice next week. I will let you guys know tomorrow. You've been sitting at home doing nothing. How did you not even have time to make it? <laughs> uh, listen, I know. So, he, he was busy hurting chickens. He was, he was chasing <laughs> chickens all over the house. <laughs> I'm going to be faster than greased fucking lightning. <laughs> That's right. We're going to have a grief next week. But that being said, you know, the one thing that this movie did give me that was a positive um, a nap? <laughs> a solid one. For years, I, uh, when I was a kid, I watched a movie with my aunt, um, you know, as. You know, my Aunt Jackie tended to, to do to me a lot of times was make me watch these fucking movies that I should not have been watching. I want to say I might have been six or seven at the time that I saw the film. And the reason why I remember seeing the movie is because the ending was so fucked up and it stuck with me for my whole, you know, pretty much my whole life, literally up until this point now. I never could find the movie. And any time I looked it up, I always found other films with similar names, like, uh, and again, the, the big thing coming to it is the movie was written by Tom Holland. So in my looking up this film today, I ended up finding a movie I've been looking for for years, which is a movie called Class of 1984. That's a good um, one. Love that fucking movie. Uh-huh. And, you know, anytime I would try to look this movie up, I'd always find, like, Class of 99, this and that. Yeah. I could never Moving look it, like, I would look it up, and I would try to find the movie. And, again, the only thing I could remember about the movie was the ending in particular. And while mm-hmm. looking it up, I saw Class of 84, and boom, there it is. I fucking actually found the movie I've been looking for for years. And, like I said, I might have been seven, seven tops when I saw this movie. So I am. Uh, it is on Xbox. I have the ability to watch it, and I shall be. Uh, probably getting it this week at some point. So is that your pick, or are you just saying that you saw it? No, 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 no. That was the <laughs> thing that uh, that I was talking to with the doctor earlier. He had okay. asked me. All right. I remembered. All right. So as we close the show, we're going to wait your pick. Uh, waited with bated breath. Uh, Doc, thank you so much for joining us tonight. You're welcome. Excellent. All right. Uh, Mucky, why don't you go yeah. ahead and do your sign-off? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Mom, for listening. Good night. Because <laughs> you know she was. <laughs> she was the only one. <laughs> My mom gave up two minutes in. She's like, oh, he's still breathing? Okay, fuck him. All right, moving on. <laughs> All right. So, Ghoul, why don't you get us for the plug as we close out? As every week, you know, go to Bonfire Bee Designs on Etsy. The Ghoul Girl has been fucking hard at work making all kinds of nice jewelry. Um, she has come up with a very interesting design using pearls and some colored gems that uh, that are actually really fetching. I'll be, be perfectly honest. I, I don't know what other That's word to use for it. Yes, um, you know, it's not like your typical so pearl necklace as much as I like like that. This, these are pearls that go on the wrist, which I like that as well. Um, I drop pearls on wrists all the time. But regardless, you know what is say, look, sometimes it is on my own. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie, man. Sometimes you gotta play, dude. It's just how it goes. Um, oh, not tonight. That being, that being, no, not tonight. Tonight, the ghoul is, is going to go to bed. That's what the ghoul is going to go do. Um, Maybe he's going to go to film way, for next man. week first. Yes, well, you know what? That's what I'll do. I'll sit up for the next couple of hours trying to figure out what movie I'm going to watch. And you know what I'll end up doing? I'll end up sitting there watching fucking fight videos on Facebook or, or on YouTube or some <laughs> shit for about three three to four fucking hours, okay? Where I sit there and Rambo, like, oh, Rambo you know what? Three. figure this out. <laughs> yeah, no. No, no, no. It won't, it won't be a regular movie. It, it'll be like fucking, you know, like, you hey, uh, <laughs> not even, like black, two little black kids fighting each other in the middle of the street, you know, calling each other names <laughs> and stuff like that. Shit that goes on I watch it like, like that all bump, the time, man. Bump, yeah, bump, yeah, bump, yeah, except what, for the fact know? that it'll, uh, I'll be there for hours watching it. Like, I'll lay on my bed. Two Are you hours shit will go boy? by, and I'll be like, what the hell? <laughs> like that one the other day that I said to you, man. What was the kid fucking fighting the other kid with a chicken sandwich in his fucking hand? Like, he didn't put down yeah. a sandwich. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Well, while you're watching your fight videos, try to decide what the fuck we're watching for the show next week. It would be greatly appreciated. That nice. would be, wouldn't it? I would. Uh, that, that would be a good you idea. You would like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> you would, next, but next week's movie is silly salmon. <laughs> if you go know, Etsy and put bonfire beat designs in all one word, go buy some stuff. Find the finest pearl necklaces inside of town. Absolutely, and you know what it helps do? It helps fund me getting movies. So you want me to get movies? Then then help me, man. Get shit from the Google girl because she's my sugar mama. You want him to make a picture next week? Buy some shit. Good night. <laughs> we are holding next week's episode as hostage until you pick buy some shit from the ghoul. Hey, buy a lot of jewelry. I buy jewelry, man. I get head and shit like that too. It's good stuff, man. Telling you. I told you. I told you you were all fucked up, so she agreed to give you a blowjob. No, thank you. I'll pass on that. But we're moving on to next week. Yeah. Your okay. dad used to beat you. Sorry. <laughs> God damn it. All right, we're running Yo. out of time, guys. <laughs> uh,
scared. I know I am. <laughs> Until next week, meet. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you back here next Wednesday for a ghoul pick of To Be Determined. Good America Strong. Watch horror movies. And if you're like me, you want to be buried in the pet cemetery, keep strong. I'm on your